It's funky again, Shibley. Yes, it is. It's the funkiest it's been all year. <laughs> I love that we both dance our own entrance music. That's yeah. great. There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing. We got to channel the pro wrestling in here oh, at some yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Greetings and salutations out there, sports and wrestling fans all across <laughs> the wide and wonderful internet. It is time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators. It's the college football preview edition. I'm always your humble host, Michael Shibley. And across the table from me in our brand new studio, mm. Mr. Too Hot for TV, Mr. Trey Pack. Hi. Oh, man. This is good. This is nice. I love it. We got it's, the new digs. Like, you feel so important pulling up in our Outlander parking spots that they designated for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's no, It's really, I love this place. It's really, really cool. Yeah, they put us in a just nice little uh, studio here off of a... Uh, undisclosed undisclosed location. location. Yeah, private location. Of course, there's a bunch of used car lots all around us, which is good. <laughs> so we're styling and profiling yeah, as, yeah. as we should be. So, but uh, yeah, it... it it happened. It, yeah, yeah, yes. Tennessee I could not be happier. Gets the win over Mississippi State. You called it. I did. Hey, I, I mean, did not. I've been calling it all year, buddy. <laughs> yes, you have. I'm, I'm, I'm literally two for four on predictions. That's <laughs> my I'm, record will be the same as Tennessee's at the end of the year. That's okay. That is <laughs> that is okay. It happens to all of us sometimes. But no, it, Tennessee wins twenty to ten, and it looked like for a while in the second half, and of course we'll break down the whole game. But it looked like Tennessee was going back to the single wing offense there yeah, for a little while, which you know the high school offense that I ran. I was very excited for a second, and I was also very excited to not see Garantano uh, dropping back to pass. That yes, was, that was wonderful. Which which was good. Again, he came into booze, which again just bothers yeah, me. Yeah, I don't like it. But, Especially when you when you got Maurer hurt, yeah, it, it's different if, if Maurer's struggling and like uh, and they bring him in for something like that. I'm, I don't never boo your own team, don't especially not a kid. But he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Encourage the kid. I mean, you know, we're not gonna throw what's Shroud? Is that the, the Shroud? Thing? Shroud. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't throw Shroud out there. You know, to to try to save this. Garantano can hand the ball off as good as anybody. I think. Yeah, I think what got people was. Is because it didn't happen on the immediate play after Maurer went head over heels and landed on his head. Yeah, he jumped back up fine. Yeah. He stayed in the game and threw the pick in the red zone, and then Garantano came in, and everybody was like, what just yeah. happened there? So you you can question that, but again, it ended up working out. We yeah. got the win, we won. which we will take. But Tennessee, of course, started the game. This game could have been a lot bigger of a deficit of or a margin of victory oh, yeah, than what no. it could have been by far. Mm-hmm. Tennessee started – I mean, the game started great because, it, again, a noon kickoff, you never know what's going to happen a lot right. of times with a noon kickoff. Are the kids as, ready to play. As the Georgia Bulldogs found out, <laughs> which, which we'll get to here in a minute. But you, you, you talk about these things. It, it came in, and Tennessee – the guy like bobbled the kickoff, and Tennessee stuffs him inside yes. the ten. Yeah, which I think is the first time Tennessee's had a kick return all season. Yeah, they they mentioned that during the the playthrough. Who's who's our uh, uh, our kickoff I, kicker? The, the name escapes me. Yet. Yeah, but he's like he's, not had a ball returned all year. Yeah, which is what that you he want. does. He yeah. plant him inside the eight, so. which which was great. And uh, then we stop him a three and out, and they punt. And the momentum's yeah. there, and then. Maurer comes in and leads us down because we had great field position yep. and leads us down. But then he makes – he throws the ball to Jawan Jennings, who is in double coverage. Yeah. No, he 
He shows us all that he's 18 years old. Yes. That's exactly what happened. But his first ball that he threw to Woods Anderson was everything that I've been missing from Tennessee football yeah. for years now. Mm-hmm. Wide open receiver. He caught the ball. He almost dropped it. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I thought he, I, at first I thought he did drop it. I was like, there's Tennessee. That's the, the balls that I know and love. But open receiver, hit him in stride. I mean, couldn't have, you know, a better, okay, this is going to work moment. That, that was what w- was great about it was, again, but you can see, and some of the, the people who cover the program a lot mentioned, and they had mentioned this through the offseason, they were really hoping to redshirt Maurer. Right. And you can see why, with some of the mistakes and things that he yeah. does, why they would want to redshirt him. But with the way the season started, you, you realize you that was thrown out the window. But Tennessee goes down, and then they get the ball back. They score, which a great run by Tim Jordan. Mm, yes. You, you talk about the best players on the team as a whole. It was the offense and defensive lines. Oh, yeah. In and this game. And it, that was such a, a Tennessee thing in the, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. To where it's been abysmal for the past five, six years. And it was um, just great to see great line play. Oh, yeah. The defensive line played phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best defensive line play I've seen there since – I mean, Derrick Barnett was a one-man wrecking crew, yeah. but other than that, I mean, as a unit, I mean, they were all over that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to, what, the early early 2000s when you had John Henderson and, right, and yeah. Hainsworth and Overstreet, those guys, they were all insane. And, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I would get killed to have something like that at this point. But they played, what, they have seven sacks, something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, I think, that, but Mississippi State hadn't given up very many sacks all mm-hmm. year, and we yeah. had seven. So people look at that like, oh, well, Mississippi State has to have a terrible defensive or offensive line. No. No. The defensive line just turned it on. They had the leading rusher in the SEC to start the game. It was uh, Kylan Hill, yes. and we held him to Stuffed him. 13 yards on 11 carries. It's insane. Which was great. Incredible. I mean, this just reminded me of the same things that happened <laughs> in that Auburn game that we won last year, mm-hmm. where, yeah, we made some big plays when we needed, but we didn't really beat ourselves overall. T- Tennessee right. was able to make Mississippi State just as one-dimensional as they made Auburn. Right. Because Auburn last year did not have the receiving core to try and come back. They had to kind of do different things, and we forced Mississippi State to have to throw the ball because we were just stuffing Hill, which was Mm -hmm. amazing to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, they it it was weird to watch it in a live football game Mm -hmm. because – you know how my 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 love for for Madden and the video games yeah. when I was on that podcast, but it, it was very reminiscent of that. But you know, it it translated really well. Of like you said, one dimensional. Get them, uh, and then you're just getting those defensive ends to pin their ears back and go. So seven sacks. That's insane. That was great. And then you look at some of these guys who. It's one of those adages, and especially now, where it's so much easier to transfer to red shirt yep. to say I'm going to go somewhere else. And then you look. At, of course, Garantano comes in, doesn't make the big mistake. Right. He he only threw one incompletion. They only threw the ball seven times. I think they right, only yeah. threw, what, nine total passes in the game? Something, it yeah, wasn't no, a lot. Pruitt uh, and Chaney, you know, cuffed him. Yeah. Which you've got to. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just proven, you know, yeah. that Garantano will find a way to lose a game. So, But you've got Tim Jordan on fire. You've got Gray running the ball great. Chandler's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Just run the ball. And – that was great. The only pass that was incomplete, too, was one that went through Jennings' hand, which right. he's going to catch, I think, nine out of ten times exactly. anyway. Mm-hmm. So he didn't make the mistakes. And then you have a guy like Tyler Bird, which was yeah, just great to great. see. 
you have a guy who was a highly recruited guy mm-hmm. and we thought was going to have all the talent in the world and be a big part of this offense and everything that Tennessee had going for mm-hmm. it. And it just, for whatever reason, just didn't work out that way. Yeah. And I, he, I think the thing with Bird is this the Bird has gotten overshadowed by Jawan mm-hmm. and, and Callaway because those are both yeah. 100% NFL guys. And just poor quarterback play. I yep. think I still think Bird because he's Bird's a senior, right? Yeah, he's a senior. So it's his last year. It, you know, nobody's gonna cry when he comes out of the team yeah. the last time or anything like that. But I think somebody will give Tyler Bird a shot. Yeah, he'll have a good pro day. Have a good uh, uh, combine. Combine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think somebody will give Bird a shot because I do think he's that that level of talent. And I think that's what you look at because the guy has put in the work. He, yes. he's one of these guys who he could have obviously just left the program, exactly. done a bunch of different things. If he wanted to, he stayed, they track, you know, the GPS of who's doing the most in practices and running around and doing things. They've got all those little sci-fi yeah. GPS things Insane. that they've got on these guys. And he's by far got the most steps, the most everything. So yep. putting in the work, he had a couple, one of the wide receivers took a red shirt. I forgot his name off the top of my head, but he took mm-hmm. a red shirt, which will be good because we're going to lose a lot of wide receivers yeah, next yeah. year. The whole core of them. But so that opened up again, another slot for Tyler Bird. And when he got that little pass, and was able to hook around and mm-hmm. just turn it into the. It wasn't the game winning touchdown, but it put the game the away. Call, yeah, uh, that was out the a great moment, and you saw the the whole team getting around Garantano and Tyler Bird and yep. congratulating them for doing things like it. That's those are great moments that you just see when guys, and that's what's great about college football. Guys yep. that put in the work. Yep. And you don't know if they're going to get a shot at the next level, but they right. stay loyal to the program. Yep. They do it when they get their moment. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think, like I said, Tyler Bird, you know, definitely puts the work in. When he turned up field, I mean, I was – he caught his – that was his first – the touchdown wasn't his first pass caught. Yeah. But he caught his first pass of the season in the Mississippi mm-hmm. State game. Yeah. And then, you know, put the game away for us. Right. So that was, that, that was awesome to see. And, and thank goodness he did it because I had moments in my head where after – Mississippi State got the touchdown to be within three. Yep. I had this worry. We were down all the way at the 10-yard line, and Tennessee just started to march down the field, which was great. I was very excited about the fact that they were driving down the field. Yeah. But I had these images of, in typical Tennessee fashion, they were going to lose this game. They were going to kick a field goal, and there'd still be like a minute 20 left for them to march down the field and get a damn touchdown to win the game. Right. Which would just, I mean, that happens so many times. But they didn't do that. They got the touchdown when they needed it, Mm -hmm. and then the defense... Yeah, they were playing some prevent, but right. you still kept them. They kept them in the field. Mm-hmm. They made some big plays when they needed to to make Mississippi State have to use their timeouts. Yep. And then they even missed the field goal because I was worried they were going to make the field goal and yeah. then we'd have to worry about the onside kick. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. But that didn't even happen. They missed that and the game was over. It was great. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, it was, um, it was a really great game. It's one of those games that um, I think – with Pruitt and with Maurer and with this, you know, really seeing what Pruitt can do as a coach, as he's, you know, that Maurer is his quarterback, yes. somebody he recruited, yeah, somebody that you know he knew was going to be the face of this program at some point. I think we're going to see a lot more of games like that where we find a way to win yes. and where we're not sitting here thinking, how are we going to lose this right. game? And, and I think that gives fans some hope, again, going into the season. We talked about this last week when we were previewing this game where – 
again, and we use the poker analogy. We did hit something on the flop. Something yep. came out for us we with that do yeah. seven offsuit. Oh yeah. We we don't know what exactly it is, but something helped us at least to stay in the hand. Oh yeah. No, that, that turn card was great. We're gonna see this river card. Yeah. Let's get to a bowl. So what we've got now, of course, you look at the season headed, and we will preview the Alabama game coming up at the end of the show when we make our picks. Yeah. But you've got after the Alabama game, and it's a thirty-five <laughs> point spread. So it's we'll. Like, what's your analysis on that? Mister T, just like pain. Pain. <laughs> That's pretty much my goodness. Oh boy. But anyway, you've got then after that you've got South Carolina, which again, and they just beat Georgia. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about that. UAB, who's been up and down this season. Kentucky, who again has been up and down, but they did beat Arkansas with a wide receiver. They yeah. had their best player. It was almost what you've been saying with Jawan Jennings, yep. just have him play quarterback. Yeah, you gotta do something. But Kentucky beat Arkansas. Arkansas is god awful. Yeah. Out of all the teams we've got and then we've got a bye week after Kentucky mm-hmm. which is the way the season worked out you get two bye weeks which right. is kind of nice really it's kind of yeah it sucks as a fan because you're just like no look I want to do this but yeah. it's 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 nice as a player for sure and then you have the Missouri game which out of these last five games is by far going to be it's the most be the difficult hardest, yeah. but Tennessee is going to be coming off a bye week into that it's I think it's here it's in Knoxville mm-hmm. and Missouri's coming off playing Florida the week before. Yep. So there are some interesting factors going into that game that does favor Tennessee. I'm still probably not going to call it a win. We'll see when we get so to that point. If you would have asked me weeks ago uh, who I thought would be a tougher matchup, Mississippi State or Missouri, I 100% would have said Mississippi State. Yeah. Now, granted, this is before you know Kelly Bryant yep. has lit it up and done his thing. But I think I feel the same way going into that Missouri game that I do uh, that yeah. I felt going into Mississippi State. It's a winnable game. Yeah, Missouri does have by far a better quarterback. I don't know what the heck happened with Mississippi State's quarterbacks in this game. Yeah, I mean yeah. the, the Spurrier's old. You know, you can't have two quarterbacks. <laughs> you just you can't. You got to well, take one to yeah. go with it. And then of course you've got Vandy at the end of the game, which no matter what Tennessee's record is, whether we're playing to get into a bowl game or not, right. Just beat Vanderbilt. Yep. Please beat Vanderbilt. We've lost to him three times in a row for the first time since the Calvin Coolidge administration. <laughs> we were four and eight last year, correct? No, we were five and five, seven. Okay. We I, had a chance for a bowl game, but losing to Vanderbilt the year before with Butch Jones gave right. us that eighth loss for the first time ever. That's what okay, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think that if if beating Vanderbilt is the difference between us going five and seven and four and eight again, I one hundred percent that game even going five and seven, and, and it feels a lot better because we were looking here two weeks ago, like oh we're gonna go two, we're gonna be two yeah. and eight. Yeah, yeah, we were staring at that right in the face. So that gives Tennessee again. We've got hope. Things are better again. It's these weird things of hope that yeah. Tennessee gets thrown into. Dude, I'm telling, I'm, I'm, I'm all poker analogy. I'm all in. I yep. will take it alone. Brian Maurer <laughs> is the new face of Tennessee football. Yes, we just have to get through this Alabama game, and we'll, we'll again, we'll preview that one at the end. Oh, of I've got the a show. bold prediction for that one. <laughs> I'm, you can, I'm you can sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But then we look at everything else that happened this week in college football. My top four for the playoff right now, it, and again, this is based on games that have been played. This isn't going yeah. on what I think is going to end up happening. Yeah. This is just if they had to decide right now, and again, based on this season. Yes. It's not using la- last, last season year. as nope. anything. It's, yeah, right now. I've got LSU number one. I yeah, mean, they have played phenomenal. Joe Burrow, that Florida game yeah. was just wonderful mm-hmm. when you look at everything that LSU was able to do with their offense. Their defense, I am still worried about. Mm-hmm. But it does show Florida, to me, even with Kyle Trask, 
is still a very good team. They could be, we'll see what happens with them in Georgia and Jacksonville here in a few weeks. It's a much better game than than I anticipated it would be. And then you've got, I've got Ohio State at number two. They're just blowing everybody out. Yeah. And they've got a Friday night game against at Northwestern this Friday, which again, I think Ohio State's just going to blow them out. Ohio State, that's all they've been doing is just blowing people out. That's the thing, you know, Ohio State's almost got the the community college um, mindset of like, if we're going to get in this playoff game, we've got to kill everybody by 40. Yes. Like there is, you know, cause the, and they do take your margin of victory into consideration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, by all means. Yeah, they're just they're just putting the game out of reach in the first quarter. In the first quarter. They're yeah, just, yeah. And then I do have Alabama now into my uh, – I've got them into my top four. They've again. They're they're steadily just that phalanx of wide receivers that they it's have, insane. and it's half of them you just throw a quick slant and they're just gone. gone. It reminds you of Joey Kent back in the day oh, yeah. against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighty yards yeah, on, on, play, on the first play. number one. Yes, and then I've got Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. coming through against Texas in, in that rivalry game. I did love Jalen Hurts like stirring the pot. Leading up to the game, when people were asked, "Are you worried about the rivalry game?" He's like, "I played in the Iron Bowl, Bowl I'm yeah. not, and that ticked off some Texas yeah. people a lot." Which yeah, well, I'm sure great. it ticked off some Oklahoma people as well. Yeah, but I mean, Jalen Hurts did play in the Iron Bowl. He's that's, not that's, wrong. That's the yeah, that's yeah, the biggest game in the Southeast, and it's the best conference yeah. in football. But of course, you notice Georgia is absent from there because as they should be, as they fall victim to the first major upset in 2019, as South Carolina comes in there and beats them in double overtime, 20 to 17. So, so here's my thing with that game, and I said this right before we recorded. I know you know, not to break kayfabe, um, you know, I'm not whatever you want to believe in. Uh, you know, obviously we're not going to get into to to reli- you know religion or spirituality here on Modern Day Gladiators, but somebody, some entity decided that South Carolina was going to win that game. I mean, there's no way with with that with South Carolina's kicker missing the game winner, and mm-hmm. then he misses in the first overtime. In the second overtime. The, the South Carolina's kicker misses in the first the overtime. The South Carolina kicker missed in the first because they got a turnover. Right. South then, Carolina gets the turnover. Then all they have to do is kick like a 30-some-yard field goal misses. to win it, and he misses. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah right. So he misses those two those two field goals, and you still find a way yeah. for for old Rod to miss two. That's yeah. insane. Rodrigo Blake, who again was is automatic. The All guy. American. I'm again. I mentioned this on my show. I was wondering if they just changed the prescription in his glasses, and he didn't I, know about I don't it. Know. Something it's, weird. But that's. It's not like as I mentioned. It, it, that's how upsets usually happen with major programs. It's not like when Georgia State came in and just blew out Tennessee with right. just terrible game planning and nobody knowing what to do with it. This is how it happens. You have usually an early kickoff yep. a lot of times, especially on the road, and then you've got they're from throwing three interceptions. Right. And, and all to the same guy. The same guy, yeah. He had the game of his career. And yeah. one of and one of them's a pick six right at the end of the half, right. which was the exact opposite of what happened with Tennessee and Georgia the week yeah. before. And then and then again, Blankenship missing two field goals. It's you no. Know, that's that's like just said, you're just asking to get beat at that every, point. Everything went against Georgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, the the cornerback having the game of his career, three interceptions, mm-hmm. one having a pick six. Because he, he picked it off at the end in, in yep. overtime. I mean, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. That, um, that is just – it's just strange. And, and as much as I hate Georgia and, and Chase and, and Terry give us shit all the time, it, you know, when the breaks go against you, like, yeah. 
there's nothing Georgia could do to win that game. I'm just, they, it was predetermined. But one of the things that people were doing was just shoveling dirt on Georgia that their season's just over, and it's yeah. not. Just now, they're playing without a net. Yeah. If they exactly. went out and beat most likely Alabama or LSU in the SEC title game, they're in. They're they're pretty much in the playoff. That's that's the beauty of it. I think for the first time since its inception, I think truly the um the national or the SEC championship is going to be a bid. Uh, yeah. Because in years past, even if Alabama lost the SEC championship, yeah, they're still in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, last year the same kind of deal. Yeah. Um. This year, I think if it's Georgia and Alabama, whoever wins that game is getting the bid. Yep. Whoever loses is sitting at home. Yeah, and again, it could be something weird happens too, where if you look ahead, say LSU beats Alabama, so LSU goes, and then it's Georgia and LSU. Right. And then if Georgia wins, do you put three SEC teams in there? If that's Alabama's only loss, and that's Georgia or and that's LSU's only loss, and it's Georgia's only loss, that that would send everybody else in the college football world. And, uh, it, Insane. And again, a lot of football left compared. I mean, if Ohio State and Oklahoma both have no losses and are undefeated, you, then they're in. You're out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you've also got to look at Clemson. Yeah. Clemson. Clemson. Like we're, yeah. we're excluding them from the conversation, but they've not, you know, they had, they've had a couple of rough games. They're not this almighty yeah. entity that we thought they it's were. It's because the ACC is so terrible. Right. But they're still undefeated. Yep. If you've got three undefeated teams, yeah. If, L, if LSU beats Alabama, Alabama's not getting yeah. in. They're going to take the, a one-loss SEC champion mm-hmm. over any other team yep. in the world. In, I, know, would, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And again, yeah. So George and Clemson, I think, are pretty much in the same boat. Clemson is undefeated, but both of them are playing without a net at right. this point. You, no, yeah. Clemson, I don't think Clemson, if they lose any game, right. as terrible as the ACC is, I think they're out. And especially now that Texas A&M, I think, already has three losses. Yeah. So and I I'm pretty sure they're going to get a couple more as the season goes on. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. You know, yeah, Clemson it, and it's not fair to them, it, but it's just like in years. It's I feel the same way about Ohio State. If Ohio State loses to Northwestern on on Friday, I don't care if you've blown everybody else out. You lost to Northwestern. Yes. So a lot of teams, play, you know, quote unquote, play without a net. Not everybody gets to be in the SEC. Yeah. Where you it's, it's doggy dog, yeah, literally, and that's what's great about the SEC is you you play that schedule. So yeah, I do wish sometimes that we wouldn't play cupcakes as much. Right now, I agree. But I mean, that's why I give credit, especially to Georgia, for playing Notre Dame. Yep. I think honestly, Georgia losing hurts Notre Dame far more in a game like this than it does everything else. Yeah, Georgia losing takes Notre Dame out of the conversation. Yeah, Notre Dame's going to have to run the table and look good doing it. And and it didn't help when they only won by three points against the USC team right. that who knows where they're going to end up yeah, at the end of the season. On their, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they pulled somebody out of the band to play quarterback. Yeah, and then, of course, you had some other games that happened. Wisconsin blowing out Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin Which, owns the state of Michigan. Right, exactly. They should just sail across Lake Michigan and be like, this, this is ours this now. This is ours now, yeah. This is ours. We'll take the Lions too while you're at it. So that's a, you know that's another thing. If if we've got Wisconsin comes in because yep. that'll be your Big Ten championship, Wisconsin yeah. and Ohio. State. Well, they're playing each other in the regular season too in okay. a few weeks. So. so I think that game potentially gives you because if Wisconsin's yep. undefeated, they're they deserve a spot. Yep. Uh, no, this this has been there's you know we've always had six or seven teams. I, yep. think, I think we have ten teams that could get in. They four still spots. do. Yeah. Expand the playoffs, make it eight yep. teams. Let's Give it the it. five conferences because for a couple of reasons. One, definitely Ohio State. I think out of a lot of these teams is sitting in the best position because 
out of all of their big games, all of them besides the Michigan game at the end of the year, mm-hmm. including Wisconsin and Penn State, they have to go to the horseshoe. Yeah. So they're playing at home, which is big for them. Oh, LSU yeah. has to go to Alabama. Right. Alabama does have to go to Auburn. And, of course, they have the SEC title game, too. Right, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But you look again, expanding the playoff. What bums me out is because Oregon is playing some really, really good football right now. Yeah, they look great. Their defense is, especially for a Pac-12 team, their defense is outstanding yep. right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody wrote them off after losing to Auburn in week one. Right. So they're going to – that's what I'm saying, man. There's there's a lot of one-loss teams that deserve that – deserve to, to have a shot to win a national championship. Four teams is not enough. Expand yep. it. Absolutely. Well, now let's preview this week coming up. We've okay. got some big games, as always. And, of course, we'll talk Tennessee-Alabama the third Saturday in October. Yes. At the end here as we talk about the history and all that good stuff. Uh, of course, you can check us all out at outlandermedia.net yep. when you want to get all the great shows, including Modern Day Gladiators, which you're listening to right now, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Mm-hmm. Outlandermedia.net, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, wherever everywhere. you do, please give us a like, a subscribe, share. Those five-star reviews, they go a long, long way in getting us into that algorithm right, and yep. helping us take over the world. You guys have already helped us out. We've got a brand new studio brand new here studio, yeah. that we are breaking in on this show, which, we're is, which is good. We're the first podcast recorded in here. I feel really special. Yes. I really do. I feel like we're the bells of the ball here taking care of all of this. And again, you got to help us out. And again, you like us on Facebook and on Instagram with the Modern Day Gladiators. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley, and Trey Pack is there as yep, well. At Trey Pack. Very easy. T-R-E-P-A-C-K. And all the other great shows. You've got Haffle. Haffle. Which, just yeah. a couple few. About to release a couple episodes today. Yeah. You know, this won't come out till Those, Friday, are great. those of course, are the Not Safe for Work podcasts that it's we've the, got. We're the we're the fun aunt of podcasts. <laughs> yes. Is what we are. Yes. Who's got the edibles hidden yeah, in, oh, yeah. in her coffee cup. Yeah, we're yeah. Gi- yeah we're giving your kids uh, edibles for Halloween. That's yeah. us. which is which is who check your candy kids. Um, <laughs> and then you, of course you've got Deadbeat Radio, oh, DLC yeah. Respawn, Geeks Inherited to the Earth, Scared Stupid, so many other great podcasts here on the Outlander Media Network. Oh yeah, it's great. We're taking over the podcast world, baby. We're getting there. Yep. So of course you got to check all that out, and of course stick with us here on Modern Day Gladiators as we now preview everything going on this week in college football. What we got. Well, of course, you had. I mentioned Ohio State and Northwestern. Usually, if this was that usual lazy kickoff at a noon yeah. at Ryan Field, yeah. I would say, look out. Ohio State needs to pay it because, of course, they yeah. grow the grass like eight feet tall yeah. there. But it's a Friday night, and I don't see this being close. Northwestern's one and four yeah. and yeah. having issues everywhere. Yeah, I think Ohio State will um, will take that as a, a recruiting opportunity. Yes, because they're the you know the the only show in town on yep. a Friday night. So because it's a late kickoff, right? Yeah, it's an eight thirty kickoff. Yeah, so you'll get you know you'll get people coming in catching the end of that game. Yeah. Um, if you have high the big, football, yeah. but if you have the Big Ten Network, right? Because it's yeah. on the Big Ten Network, which we don't have down here in the South. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. oh well, who needs it? But then you've got you've got a couple of interesting games that I'd at least keep an eye on. You've got Clemson going on the road to Louisville. Fun. Which again, it's a noon kickoff, mm-hmm. so it's something you got to pay attention to. I've still got Clemson winning the game, but I'm really almost wanting to take Louisville at um, at line? plus twenty four. Clemson's yeah. a twenty four point favorite. I take Louisville there, and oh, yeah. Louisville's coming off just a basketball score game against Wake Forest. Yeah, which this is how bad the ACC is when you look at everything. 
all the other teams besides Wake Forest that just had their first loss and Clemson, mm-hmm. every other ACC team has at least two losses. Yeah. So, ugh. No, but that's but what that does show about Louisville is that they're able to to put up points. Mm-hmm. You, you know, t- the, the big knock on Tennessee right now, and, you know, I know we're kind of off that. Yep. Is that we're you know we're not getting in a shootout with anybody. Yep. But you know, if Louisville can start moving the ball like that, by all means. And another one you've got you've got Florida. Uh, traveling to Columbia to play South Carolina. Uh, the line is Florida minus five. South Carolina, of course, coming off the huge upset win at Georgia. Florida coming off just a battered. They've had two tough games already with Auburn and LSU. Yeah. And now they've got to go to Columbia in what used to be the Spurrier Bowl back in the day. Right. It's one of these where I've still got Florida winning because that defensive line is just incredible that yeah, Florida's got. I think the worst thing that could have happened to South Carolina for this particular game is them beating Georgia. Yeah, if they get the you know the absolute hell kicked out of them by Georgia, they're coming into this game you know ready to fight. But they're they're riding a little high. They're a five point underdog. Dude, what's Florida right now? Ninth. Right, a top ten team. They're a five point underdog. I take Florida by two touchdowns. Yeah. And then you've got another interesting, it's a sleepy game. Now, this is the CBS game, which is interesting. There's not the greatest SEC matchups going on this week. Uh, Mississippi State, after coming off the loss to Tennessee, hosting LSU, who's vaulted (laughs) to number two. And LSU was a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And, of course, everybody saw what happened with Mississippi State, who's going to play quarterback, everything going on. That almost seems... It's not right for an upset with the Cowbells, but I do. I would almost take Mississippi State take, at, you take the points at plus seventeen. I'm still picking LSU to win. So here's my thing. I, I'm going to go opposite direction of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had one of these every week. Uh, go sell your car. <laughs> go to go to the bank and take out a loan for as much money as you can. I think Joe Burrow sets every single game passing record for LSU this game. I think Joe Burrow has seven, eight touchdowns. I think they beat them by forty. Definitely, I think a matchup of the earlier matchups and the mid-afternoon games coming up, I think the best one is going to be this battle between two ranked Pac-12 teams. It's on ABC. Oregon traveling to Seattle to take on Washington. Washington, again, losing another one. They lost to Stanford Mm -hmm. last week, which is another one of those where if Eason is on, he's great. But when he's off, like he has been in their two losses, Mm -hmm. that has burned them. Oregon, again, needs to keep winning to keep people remembering, hey, the only game we lost was on a neutral side at Auburn. Right. We're still pretty damn good. I've got them winning. They're only a three-point favorite. It is at Washington, which is a tough place to play in the Pac-12. Yeah, I think Oregon's defensive line give it Eason trouble. And like you said, the yeah. Washington is, is living and dying by Eason. I think Oregon gets a hold of them. I, I think they win by 10. Yep. So that is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be interesting. I think... If I guess it's not technically even an upset because Oklahoma State is favored by four points. But if you look at one of the teams that's going to lose, I think, their undefeated record, it's going to be Baylor having to travel to Stillwater mm-hmm. to play Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, for all of his issues and games that he just decides <laughs> to lose, beating Baylor, I think, is something that they can definitely pull off there in Stillwater. Yeah, and, and the thing with, with Gundy in Oklahoma State, if you knock off an undefeated team like that, it just pro, he's, yep. you know, he's he's sticking around a yeah. while. Yeah, as long as he's – he can't beat Oklahoma. That's his big problem. Nah, but, but everybody else he can usually take care of. It's just like Vandy never beating us for, yeah. you know, 100 years until now. But, you know, whatever. Mm, you've got – well, if you're going to look for a place for Georgia to rebound nicely, it's against Kentucky. It's in. It's between the hedges. It's 6 o'clock on ESPN, right, which is good for them. 
Kentucky, you know, playing a wide receiver at quarterback. They're giving, you know, gave Florida fits. I think they give Georgia fit. Georgia's either going to come out pissed off and beat them by 100, or I think Kentucky plays them close. Yeah. There, there is no – I don't know what the line it's is. It's 25 points. Okay, yeah. They may, I was to say, there is no in-between game. I think Georgia beats them by 50. Yeah. Another ranked Pac-12 matchup. You got Utah hosting Herm Edwards in Arizona State. That's happening on the Pac-12 network, which we definitely don't have here Damn. in the South. And you've got Utah as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Utah, when – when they don't have the expectations that they did have going right, into yeah. the season, mm-hmm. when again they just can't beat USC, no matter who's coaching and playing at USC. Right, but Utah, I mean, they're just a stable, stable program. I've got them. I think the elevation could be a problem too. There with Arizona State, I've got Utah getting that win. Yeah, I mean, I completely. Yeah, Utah, I mean, Utah lost to USC early, but they're still. You know, there's a reason they were ranked in the top yeah. ten at one point. And hats off to Herm Edwards. Made a bowl game last year with Arizona State. They're five. Five and one so far this season. A lot of people were questioning his move to coach college football. Why he's, not? he's done well for himself. Of course, the big game of the week when you talk about atmosphere and craziness, it's Michigan at Penn State. A whiteout has been declared. Which yes. again, if you haven't seen that, it's beautiful. It's just it's, it's a it's great amazing. atmosphere yeah. at Penn State. Penn State is a nine-point favorite. And this is one of those Jim Harbaugh circle the wagon games because, again, if Michigan loses this game, they're out. Yeah. They're pretty much out of it. They're not going to win the division probably. Right. They're not going to definitely win a Big Ten championship, and they're not going to make the playoff. So Jim Harbaugh could be coaching almost for his – just almost legacy at this point with yes. Michigan. Yeah, I think he um you know, I don't I don't think Harbaugh's on a hot seat right now at all. But I think him lose if he loses if Penn State can beat them handily, that lights the fire under his chair. Yeah. I think that puts him on the hot seat. Because you're absolutely right. It takes him out of contention for everything. Mm-hmm. And also again, this can legitimize James Franklin with Penn State without James McSorley, who was just their all-everything quarterback, and, of course, Saquon Barkley, who was there forever as well. If they can win this game, they can say, hey, we have complete confidence going into the horseshoe in a couple weeks and playing at Ohio State. So it gives Ohio State at least somebody to think about besides Wisconsin, too, in the Big Ten. I I think Michigan – you said it's a a nine-point, nine-and-a-half? It's nine points. I take Michigan and the points there, but I think Penn State wins by field goal. Yeah, that game is always seems to be it's weird, pretty close. It. And you know how I feel about Harbaugh. Yes. I hope Michigan never wins another game. Yeah. But I think they're not going to win this one. Yeah. Thank God. And that Michigan game a couple of years ago is what cost Penn State a chance at getting into the playoff because Michigan just blew them out. Exactly. But other than that, these games have usually been very close, especially at that wideout. So I'm picking Penn State, but again, I I think Harbaugh is going to have to throw everything he can at this game. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, it's one of those games um, we're at the point of the season where it's fun. I mean, yeah. that's that's such an amazing matchup to watch. I mean, we're going to have good football on all day long. Yes. Especially at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, the third Saturday in October. As prime time as you can get on ESPN at right. 9 o'clock. The whole world's watching. Yep. You've got Tennessee, Alabama. This is the history of this series. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the history of this series. You mm-hmm. talk about all the way from back in 1928 when they first played, when General Nealon <sighs> told Wallace Wade, hey, you know, if we're not able to keep up with you guys, could you shorten up the second half? And then, of course, Gene McEver takes a kickoff and takes it 98 yards for a touchdown, and Tennessee never trails in the game. Ugh. Talk about classic Neyland up, you know, yeah, gamesmanship. Just, 
the Bear Bryant years, yeah. everything that happened with that. 1982, Tennessee finally ending at that point, what was the longest streak? It's 12 now. Yeah. Uh, it was 11 back then in 1982, the World's Fair. Right. You've got the Manning years yeah, where... we just dominated in the late 80s and 90s. Yeah, that was just an, an incredible streak, which was great for so many of those games. Then you've got the, what, the five... Five overtime game with Mike Shula, yeah. <laughs> which was just great. I was there in 06 for the last game Tennessee won, which was Mike Shula's last year before Nick Saban got there. Right. And we haven't beaten Nick Saban at Alabama. And it, most of these games haven't even been close. Besides the Mount Cody game with Lane Kiffin. God, that's not that's. I follow like, Kiffin on Twitter because yeah. he's one of my favorite personalities. That's the the game that gets tweeted about most often yeah. from Tennessee fans to Kiffin, and Kiffin hates that day. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Which, what, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you can't they're blame both him for ad- that. They're both adults. <laughs> and then it was, I think, the 2015 game where we had them. We had the lead in the fourth quarter, yeah. and then they just go down, score a touchdown, and then I think we turn the ball over. Yeah. But other than those two matchups, Tennessee really hasn't been that close no. in these in this series. And the line is 34 and a half. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Maurer is a game time decision, which again, there's been a lot of argument really as to should Maurer even play, even if he's healthy, no. because it's like, well, we need to save him for the rest of the year because my goal is to make a bowl game. But it's like, if Tennessee can even come into this game and score 20, 24 points, 28 points. Right. Even if they lose the game because Alabama puts half a hundred up or something right. like that, if you score that many points against the number one team in the country and Maurer can learn some things from that, that would be really, really good. I would you know, I just want to put your best players in all the time. If if Maurer was one hundred percent healthy and hadn't had yeah. any sort of health I mean, he got knocked out uh when he uh when he came in a few weeks ago, now he's got the concussion deal. If he's just one of the, you know, just an Iron Man and, you know, whatever, absolutely. Yep. I would not bench him just for this game for yeah. any reason. But if he's already dealing with concussion protocol stuff, yep. then, then no, you, you start the backup. If he, if he's iffy, but he's been technically okay to play, I wouldn't play him. But exactly. if the doctors say, no, he's 100% fine and ready to go. And again, we I've talked about yeah. this on my show, the relationship sometimes some of these coaches have with the medical staff, which is not... Yeah. It's not beneficial for the player's health. I'll exactly. tell you that oh, right yeah, now. Sure. Um, then I, I, w- I would have to question it and then put in. But if he's 100% ready to go, put him in there. Yeah, I do think Pruitt's one of these guys. He, he's upstanding enough to not get a kid hurt. Yeah. You know, he, you know, yeah. at, especially at this point, as a brand-new head coach, you do not want to start off your quote-unquote yeah. legacy by, by, you know, hurting the next Johnny Manziel. Um. But uh, what's uh, what's your prediction, Shibley? What's the, what's the well, I look at, point line? I look at it like this. Daryl Taylor, of course, came up today and said, you know, this is the cigar game. Yeah. This is the game where you smoke cigar. Now, we haven't had a chance to do that. I want to do that. He wasn't saying Tennessee's going to win, but he talks about how much they want it. It drove me nuts two years ago when the only score we had was the Golden <laughs> run it all the way back and the double bird, <laughs> which was – Golden had a couple of things to say about any, anyway, but right. then they show the student section with them all 
which obviously you know it's not allowed to smoke inside Brian Denny Stadium, but they're all lighting up cigars. What drove me the most nuts is someone who smokes the occasional cigar. Right. They were all lighting them with Bic lighters. Well, course, you you yeah. don't use lighter fluid lighters oh, yeah. to light a cigar. It ruins the taste of them. But they're all probably paying the cheap It's a Boy cigars anyway, oh, yeah, so it's yeah. terrible. But anyway, um, I've got this game, as much as I would love to have Tennessee pull something and just pull the amazing and see it happen. I just, I, I want, I want everybody to play. I want Mauer to play. I want all these guys to, to learn everything, but I just don't want anybody to get hurt because this stretch run is going to give us the opportunity to get to a bowl game. So I've got it. When you look at everything, I've got it at 40, Alabama, 45, Tennessee 13. 45. Okay. So, so here's what I think is going to happen. Here's my bold prediction for you. Are you ready? I, I With bated breath. I think Nick Saban is going to eat some bad shrimp on Friday night. And he's not <laughs> – Saban's not going to be on the sideline for the game. This is your fanfic no, fiction no, no, here. This, yeah. this is, yeah, this is it. This is what's going to happen. I've seen it. <laughs> Saban's not going to make it for whatever reason. Tua uh, is actually going to to break a nail on his throwing hand uh, and not be able to throw. Yeah, I don't want him to really hurt. Just some mild pain. Uh, and I think uh, Tennessee wins fifty to forty nine. That would be the most insane third Saturday in October game we've ever had. It'd be it's, probably the most insane football game that's ever. Happened. Exactly. Wow, that would be great. I would love to see that. I would yeah. at, at one o'clock in the morning. I would probably forty nine. I would wake Mrs. Shibbles up and say, "Holy crap, we won." <laughs> Because she's going to go to bed. That is, no, I'm not right. going to ask her to stay up for this I, one. I, tra- Mrs. Trey's going to go to bed. No, that's yeah. <laughs> but no, that would be amazing. I would love to see it. And then, my goodness, what I I don't even. We're going to just do back. We're going to destroy this studio the week after that if we come in Dude, if, and get the win there. You keep saying if I'm saying yeah. like fifty forty nine. That's yeah. I would take it. I'm Bobby Boucher's girlfriend. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I love it. But uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the podcast. And, of course, again, check out all of our great sponsors that we've got. We've got them listed there at outlandermedia.net. Yeah, Otherworldly Coffee. I check them out. We don't have the board up yet. Uh, yeah. But Otherworldly Coffee used uh, promo code OUTLANDER in all caps. All caps. Please, all caps. Yell OUTLANDER at Otherworldly Coffee to get 20% off. That's a fifth off, almost a quarter, as we always say. But uh, we've also got Joe Shirt at JoeShirt.com. Pretty much anything that you could ever want or need on a T-shirt, Joe Shirt will do it. And if you're local here in Knoxville, you don't even have to pay for shipping. As I, you know, I was trying to get my, my comedy shirts going a long time ago. And that was my big thing. But luckily, we've got that partnership now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have to worry about that. Also, Joe Shirt Deluxe. Um, pretty much anything in the entire world you can think of that you want your logo on, Joe Shirt Deluxe will do it for you. And, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of events coming up. We've got locally sourced comedy coming up in November. Don't have the date because we don't have a board. And we don't have a headliner because we've not booked it. No, Alex Stokes. Alex, Alex Stokes, Stokes yes. is I'm pretty sure he's headlining that one. And I think he might start having a show on the network at some point here, too. Ooh, so, yeah, this, so that's foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah. Um, we love Alex. You know, teaches the class, the stand-up oh, comedy class here yeah. at UT. Oh, yeah. It's it's something. He is. He is an institution. We're gr- happy to have him. But uh, we got to get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. We got to make sure we don't burn this place down. We just got yeah, it. We just got to so, lock, lock the door, turn the lights out. Yes. So for Trey Pack, I've been Michael Shibley. Too sweet. Love you. See Bye. you next time.